As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We spent close to $700. I think I'm one of the people, of probably of many, that are going to fall through the cracks. I think it's absurd. Almost two months into the coronavirus pandemic, and Contact 6 is still getting a record number of consumer complaints. What you need to know about getting refunds right now, ordering masks online, plus new information about those stimulus checks. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson here with my colleague, Amanda St. Hilaire. Good morning again, Amanda. Hey, Brian. And happy Friday. Uh, So we're bringing you new episodes, of course, every day, Monday through Friday, here on Open Record. And and we're just doing this to make it easier to sort through this bombardment of coronavirus news that keeps on coming. It does. And as Brian mentioned, we're recording this episode on Friday morning, May 1st, 2020. And we are joined by Contact 6 investigator Jenna Sachs. Hi, Jenna. Hi, happy Friday. Hey, good morning, Jenna. Or else it could be Tuesday or Thursday. Or... <laughs> what day is it? All, I don't remember. We're all blending together. Honestly, saying the date at the beginning of these episodes helps me remember what day it is, so it's useful. <laughs> so, Jenna, we're going through three big issues today, and I want to start with a problem a lot of people are dealing with, getting refunds for events that were booked and aren't happening right now. You've gotten a lot of complaints about that. We have gotten quite a few complaints, and some of them have been about Bucks tickets. I know this has been a hard season for Bucks fans because our team had the best record in the NBA when the season stopped back on March 11th, and it suspended indefinitely. And it was an estimated $1 billion economic loss for the NBA. And yesterday, the Bucks owner, Mark Lasry, actually made some headlines when he said he thinks that the NBA season will eventually resume and have playoffs. He said maybe in July or August. I think there are coaches and owners of other teams who may disagree with that, but he still thinks this season will resume. But this leaves a lot of people wondering, well, what about those tickets I had for games? And what we found out when we looked into this for our story was because these games are in postponement status and they haven't been officially canceled, tickets are not being refunded. It's the same deal with the NHL and Major League Soccer right now. The NBA says on its website that it intends to resume the season and until that changes it's pretty much no refunds. And a lot of major ticket sellers are offering refunds for canceled events like concerts. But the difference, I guess, is that those have been officially canceled. And even though it seems unlikely the season will be played out in its entirety, uh, the Bucks spokesman says, you know, no game has been officially canceled. And they're unsure what a potential schedule or number of games would be. But right now, that's what they're working with. So I want to be clear, when you say that, that, that the refunds are not available because the games haven't yet been officially canceled, does that include the team itself, the, the you know tickets that were purchased directly from the Bucks as opposed to just through third-party sellers? 
Exactly. Yep. And the third party sellers differ a little bit about how they hand handle canceled events and those refunds. But when it comes to postponed sporting events, they're all pretty much on the same page that they don't know when these games are going to resume or if they will, but they're operating as if they are going to happen until they hear otherwise. I, my understanding is it's a little bit different for Major League Baseball right now because uh, the Milwaukee Brewers and several other teams have have now offered started offering refunds for games that were scheduled in April. Um, but I, I am not clear if that's only if you purchase those directly from the organization. I know that season ticket holders have been given the option to take a credit toward uh, the next season. Is that right? Yes. So that was announced by the Brewers recently. If you have opening day tickets, they say hold on to those because those will be honored for the first regular season game in 2020, whenever that happens. But for season ticket holders and single game tickets, customers are going to receive a credit. But the MLB did something interesting yesterday, maybe, or the day before. They said they were giving franchises the autonomy to determine its ticket policies for postponed games, which could pave the way for individual teams to offer refunds. But until that happens, this league is treating games as postponements as well. So the teams no longer have to advise fans to hold on to their tickets, but at the same time, they can start offering refunds or credits if that's what they think they wanna do. So really this comes down to a technicality. In a way, yeah. I mean, until these games are officially rescheduled, and a lot of people I talked to said, these aren't going to be rescheduled. There's no way this, se this season game that I had 12 tickets to is going to be rescheduled. I would like that money now. Uh, and you understand where they're coming from. And at the same time, it's a good question. Will people be rushing back? to these big arena events. I mean, the woman I spoke with, she spent $700 on tickets for her whole family. She says, no, we don't wanna go back to an arena event immediately after all of this. She was planning on taking older relatives to the game she was going to, and she says she's not comfortable doing that right now, even if the season resumes. So that could be a really sad outcome for the NBA and for major league sports when this is all continuing, if we ever lift these stay-at-home orders, are people going to be going back to these big, packed events? I think some people are going to stay away. Well, and quite honestly, when you look at what's being discussed, even in Major League Baseball, to try to salvage the season, one of the proposals that's gaining a lot of momentum is the idea of having teams quarantined in Arizona and tested regularly and then going and playing in empty stadiums. And if that happens, yeah, maybe you have a season but you don't have fans. So in those cases, you know, will they could will they offer refunds then? I would imagine they would have to if you're not allowing fans to attend the games, but it doesn't look really likely like you're going to see 45, 50,000 fans packing stadiums all over the country this summer. No, this is an odd season for many, many teams. The idea of playing to empty stadiums and trying to finish your season, it may give the fans some satisfaction, but it's not nearly the same thing as being able to go there and experience it firsthand. Uh, you know, and we talked to the different third-party ticket sellers about how they're handling these things. And Ticketmaster says, you know, in mo most situations, we've had the flexibility to offer refunds for almost all of our postponed and rescheduled events. But they said they're dealing with such an unprecedented volume of canceled events right now, something like 30,000. So they said, we just can't absorb 
that loss. And then StubHub, on the other hand, they're, they're taking a lot of heat for not refunding their cancellations, saying they can't deal with that. Um, instead, they're giving customers credit. So there's a lot of unsatisfied people out there who had tickets to these events. You know, sad not only because they're not going to be able to experience the game, but because in some cases they spent hundreds and thousands of dollars and it's not clear whether they're going to get it back. And those unsatisfied people are reaching out to you, Jenna, before we started recording, we were talking about how the Contact 6 system really has been flooded with complaints in a way we haven't really seen before. Oh my gosh, it's it's crazy. I mean, I we have this system where people will fill out complaint forms on our website, and we've overwhelmed the system to the point where we actually had to upgrade to the next level and pay some extra money so that we can get more submissions into our allotment because we've just had so, so many complaints. And a lot of them are very similar. You know, we have a lot of complaints about plane tickets or Airbnb rentals or tickets for concerts, Bucks games, but a lot of them also are about uh, DWD, unemployment benefits, IRS stimulus checks. And, you know, we're trying to help everyone we can, but there are some complaints where we get um, we get them and we know right away that the business isn't going to respond because we've reached out to them by so many other ways before for the same issue. Like DWD, we had a really hard time getting you know responses from them for a while. They have started uh, taking on some of our complaints and responding to them and, and trying to help those people out now that they have more staff. And the IRS has... Uh, they're bringing up some more staff, but they don't have the people who can respond to our complaints right now. So we just send out helpful links and the latest information that we have to try to help people. Comparatively, how have, uh, when we're talking about sporting events, when we're talking about third-party ticket sellers, how responsive have they been when you've reached out to them? Pretty good. I mean, no one wanted to do interviews about it, but they did provide statements. Ticketmaster provided a statement really quickly. I worked with a business called Vivid Seats. They responded quickly. The box responded quickly, but they're not really giving people refunds. Often when we did these stories before coronavirus, they would refund the tickets or make an exception for somebody. But right now it seems like the different sellers are really sticking to the policies they've set right now. And they're just waiting to see what happens with these games being canceled or not. Quite honestly, many of them are also facing federal lawsuits over this. StubHub is the defendant in at least three federal lawsuits. Ticketmaster is a defendant in several. So there are going to be, and these are class action lawsuits in some cases. So these are going to be cases that may well play out in court as this goes on because there are such huge dollar amounts involved. And, and really, in the end, Jenna, I'm sure you, you, you can see this as, as people come to you. There are no winners in this. Um, the, the teams are going to lose. The, the fans are going to lose. The, the third-party ticket sellers are going to lose. This is just a tough situation. It's really sad. We have seen so much positive with the Bucks in recent years. So much development there. The fans are coming back. We have this new stadium. Everyone was so excited about this team. And now when you go to that area, the Deer District, it's really sad because the businesses are closed. Some of them, we don't know if they're going to be able to come back. And our, our city really thrived on that area and was excited about the Bucks and everything they brought to the community. And to see the season end this way and to see that stadium just or that arena sitting empty, it's such a waste. When we're talking about refunds, we're not, of course, just talking about sporting events. You had an issue that I think a lot of people have encountered in trying to order masks. You had someone who was in a situation where they had placed that order several weeks ago. 
the mask doesn't show up. It's something we hear about very often. So how did that situation unfold and, and what were you able to do? So this started with a complaint. A woman contacted us saying she had bought a mask for her two-year-old son to wear to the grocery store uh, on Etsy, which is actually a, a well-known, uh, highly rated website with the BBB. And she bought it from this seller and it didn't arrive three days, three weeks later. And it had said on the website that the masks would be shipped in one to two days. And, you know, obviously three weeks later, she's wondering what was going on. And she went back on the website. And since she had purchased it, uh, she found 14 pages of new complaints from people saying they did not get their masks. Uh, some of them said they did, but most of them said that they weren't getting them. Uh, and, you know, it's possible this was a seller who simply got overwhelmed. I looked at their website. The seller joined in 2020 uh, and has been selling a lot of masks, and it has 16,000 sales. This is one Etsy page that has 16,000 sales. So Over the course we were- of just a few months. Oh, yeah, most of them just in April. And we, we were um, we were reaching out to Etsy and we reached out to the seller and they were very responsive. The same day I reached out to the seller, that person didn't get back to me, but they did post a notice on their website saying they are no longer taking orders. They're going to focus on the sales they've already made. And the day after I reached out to Etsy, Natasha got an email saying that her order would be refunded. And it wasn't a huge amount of money. The total order was only like $11, but she thought, it was more the principle of the matter and looking at the volume of people affected that could really have added up to a lot of money it sounds like someone who uh just got in over their heads with a product that suddenly became in such high demand they couldn't keep up maybe a good product and maybe a a noble concept but they just couldn't keep up with the with the demand on 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 the product and, and what they were offering right the seller didn't comment Uh, to me and neither did Etsy. So I don't know exactly what happened. I'm only speculating. I guess that's my theory at this point based on what I saw on the website. The interesting thing is that Etsy does have a notice on their website saying these are not medical grade masks. They're not N95 masks. They aren't going to be the most effective mask out there. So that's something you should keep in mind too when you're buying these masks online. They may not be the, the medical grade one that you think you're getting. Well, the, these are more, I, I as you say Etsy, I imagine the cloth masks. These are the kinds you go to the grocery store with, right? Yep. These are the cloth masks that you see a lot of women sewing at home these days. And, you know, I talked to the BBB about this because, you know, places like Costco and Menards, they're requiring masks right now. The CDC is recommending wearing a cloth mask when you go outside. And whenever there's a spike in demand for a specific item like Uh, masks like hand sanitizer, gloves. This leads to scams and other issues buying these items online, no doubt. And the BBB says there's just so much demand for these items. Fake websites are also popping up. Etsy's not a fake website, but there are fake websites that are popping up. There was one that was created on April 1st, and it listed an address in Franco, Wisconsin. Have you guys ever heard of Franco, Wisconsin? I have not. It doesn't exist. I have now. <laughs> it's not a place. So that was a one of, one of the fake websites that popped up. And a lot of times what happens is these scammers will set up a website. It'll operate for a few weeks. It'll generate complaints and they'll take it down. And then they'll reopen with a different name a short time later and start doing it all over again. And this is the number one reported scam to the BBB scam tracker right now. I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to start listing myself in, in various forms I have to fill out online as being from Franco, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, you couldn't even put in the effort to find a real place. 
I know. And there was another business that listed an address in Brookfield and the BBB said they went to that address and it doesn't exist. So that's one thing you can do if you're buying a mask online is look and see if they even have an address. Sometimes they don't. And if they do look it up on Google Images and see what shows up, because oftentimes you'll find that address doesn't exist. And that demand is only going to go up because it's just recently, like you mentioned, Jenna, that stores like Costco say they're making it a requirement for people to wear masks. And we do we have heard from people who were turned away because they weren't wearing masks. Right now, Wisconsin, there's no order that people wear masks when they're out in public. But certainly in other states, that's been part of the stay-at-home order. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that demand for masks goes and, and what that means for people trying to get them now. And I know you said the volume is huge on these masks. Maybe the dollar amounts are small, but when you when it comes to dollar amounts, uh, th- there's something a lot of people have been waiting on that's a much larger dollar amount and, and it's just not showing up in their accounts and that's the stimulus. More and more people are getting those funds, but uh, Jenna, I know you've talked to some who uh, are still waiting to see what's going to happen and, and when and how they're going to get their federal stimulus check. Yes, and some of the people we've been working with have since gotten their stimulus checks. But one thing we focused on this week was the messages we were receiving from Social Security recipients. And we've heard that they have started receiving their payments finally this week. And the issue was many of them don't have direct deposit with the IRS, but they do with the Social Security Administration. And they were wondering why that information wasn't easily being transferred from one department to the other. And Last week, Friday, one week ago, the IRS said these payments to Social Security recipients are going to be sent soon. They said the same goes for people with survivor or disability benefits, uh, supplementary security income or VA compensation and pension beneficiaries. So these are the people that have been waiting for their refunds. And in some cases, they're the people who need them the most, but they needed those two agencies to work together to provide information about addresses and direct deposit information. Uh, But we have some new numbers. It sounds like of the 150 million stimulus checks that are being sent out by the IRS and the Treasury Department, 130 million have been sent. So the vast majority have been sent out, but there are still 20 million people still waiting. And we've been hearing from them. Well, and just because they're sent, that doesn't mean the people have received them, because part of what you've been covering, Jenna, is checks going to the wrong account, people not being able to access them. So 130 million sent doesn't mean 130 million received. Sure. And the IRS says if uh, a a check is sent to the wrong account and it bounces back, then they will be alerted and they'll send it to you by mail. But if it's sent to the wrong account and it doesn't bounce back, that's a harder problem to fix. I know we saw, we're getting tips uh, as well, obviously, all the time uh, from viewers. And I read one, I haven't actually spoken to this viewer, but uh, he indicated that he had not received his own stimulus check and wasn't sure when it was coming. But his mother, who passed away within the last year, got a stimulus check. And it just underscores the challenge of getting so many of these out to so many people when the government is trying to follow up on bank account information and addresses that change over time. And we should point out, I mean, this is 
unprecedented what the IRS is trying to do. And being able to get so many checks out in such a short period of time is actually really impressive what they've been able to do. But the frustrating thing, I think, for some people is that they don't have anyone they can talk to. It's not like there's a phone line they can call and ask someone about the status of their check. In fact, on the IRS website, it says do not call several times. And that was frustrating for people because they wanted to talk to a live person and they could not. Well, even uh, we were talking about this last time you were on, Jenna, my husband and I, when we enter our information, it still tells us that the information we entered does not match the IRS records when we go onto that website to check the status of our stimulus check. There's nothing we can do to figure out what the issue is, if there is an issue. And I know that we're both lucky to still be employed. So those are small potatoes compared to people who are not employed, unable to get through to unemployment right now, and still haven't been able to access that check. But it is frustrating when you can't even find out what the issue is. That is a really common complaint, too, that I that I can't get past the first page of the Get My Payment website saying the information doesn't match. We hear about that a lot. Uh, so you're, it doesn't help. I'm sure it doesn't make you feel better that other people are in the same boat, but they are. Well, Jenna, I think that's where it just underscores the importance that uh, of the role that Context 6 plays that you play, because for so many people, when you're cut off uh, just from making contact with a giant agency like the IRS or in any of these other situations, that's probably why you're being flooded with so many complaints, because they can reach out somewhere where there's someone close, there's someone local, someone they identify with who will at least listen and and try to give them some direction or some assistance. And sometimes when you're when you feel completely lost and in the dark, having a voice that will listen that, you know, at least has some idea of what's going on can be huge. And I, I'm guessing a lot of these people, maybe you don't get a resolution, but they feel better that they've just talked to someone who understands and can at least guide them in the best way possible. Well, I hope so. We've basically just been giving them a lot of information about the Get My Payment website. The IRS made a lot of enhancements, they call them, significant enhancements to the website over the last weekend. And it's been encouraging people to check back in saying, if you had an issue with our website before, we've changed some things, go back and try it again. And we have been hearing that there will be some sort of phone line ability for people to call in and ask about their stimulus check. The uh, IRS did send out some sort of notice to employees asking them, but not requiring them to return to work, saying, you know, it really is essential that we resume a number of our responsibilities. And one of those responsibilities, they said, would be answering taxpayers' questions over the phone. But there's no timeline on when workers will begin taking calls. And I think the IRS knew to some extent that People were just being impatient in many cases, and if they had waited long enough, these issues would have been resolved. But for the people who they haven't been resolved for yet, uh, that it would be nice if they had someone to call. Jenna, if someone has a Contact 6 complaint they want you to look into, where do they go? What can they do? So we have a complaint form on our website, fox6now.com. If you click on the News tab and then the Contact 6 tab, there will be a little form on the right side of the screen where you can file your complaint. It actually, it shut down for like a half a day because we had so many complaints and we had to upgrade our system, as I said before. But we've upgraded, we paid the extra money, and uh, we can now take even more complaints. And we'll, we'll try to respond in a timely fashion. I'm doing a lot of this from home. With twins and a toddler. Yeah, I have I have help. I have a babysitter, but you know, they they do interrupt from time to time. When you said I have help at first, it was like, oh, the twins and the toddler are helping you go through complaints. (laughs) She's already teaching them to take context six complaints. That would be the cutest return phone call. 
Could you imagine? Oh my goodness. Well, I just I just want to say, I think if the IRS could find a way to hire a couple thousand Jenna Saxes, I think the stimulus thing would be taken care of lickety split. Oh, you're so nice. You know, we're always trying to learn more and provide more, but there are so many specific questions right now related to issues with these stimulus checks that we're trying to provide information, but some of it you really need to be talking to someone at the IRS. So we're, we know we're doing our best and our best and we are trying to listen and help when we can. Well, thank you, Jenna. We miss you. We love talking to you. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon as you continue to investigate these consumer complaints. Yes, talk to you soon. And we are going to continue bringing you more frequent episodes of Open Record as we cover the COVID-19 pandemic. So if there's a topic you want us to discuss, an issue you think we should investigate, please send us an email. Our email address is theinvestigators at fox6now.com. Thank you to the people who made this podcast possible, including whoever it is that made this blanket I'm sitting under. It's gotten pretty warm under here. But we also <laughs> want to thank producer Pete, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and Sarah Smith. By the way, we do that so that the sound is good when we're in our own homes. I was going to say, you In might want case, to explain yeah, that. I, I, I think that recall that calls for some context. Uh, we also want you to subscribe to Open Record. If you haven't already, if you're listening, subscribe. Get these every day. You can find the uh, Open Record podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I am Brian Polson, and for Amanda St. Hilaire, We'll be back on Monday.